delve into plant stories. The modern, the old, and the crazy in between. Mither fact! The most dangerous tree in the world can be found in the most beautiful places. Warm, beautiful, sunny beaches. That one's a fact. That brings us into today's episode, the Manchineal tree. <laughs> because yes, it's dangerous. The Manchineal tree. <laughs> it's actually a pretty attractive tree, but it's also pretty dangerous. Uh, also known as the poison guava. Mm, uh, it, or also the hippomane mancinella. It is another member of the Spurge family, aka Euphorbiaceae, and it is probably most famous for its very poisonous fruits. Although the entire tree is poisonous. So its name, yeah, (laughs) its name Hippomane. Uh, comes after noting that horses were driven just like crazy mad after uh, eating the fruits. Uh, it's always the animals that give the clue. You would think, but uh, it, it turns out plenty of other people tried to eat it. Uh, and so, like Krista mentioned, it's native primarily to sandy beaches in the region of like the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. The fruits are like a yellow reddish color and they're known to have a sweet scent or taste and to be like small apple like almost like you know kind of like a crab apple kind of deal or something that's like smaller than a regular apple but that same kind of like textured skin it is like I said considered a very appealing tree It has a round crown. It grows about 40 feet tall and it has about a two foot thick trunk. So it's a pretty decently sized tree. It's got Mm -hmm. these very long stocked leaves that are like a lighter green, so more of like a yellowish green color. And generally the fruits are thought to be the biggest danger of the tree. And that's partially just because they're so appealing, you know, you'll often find them kind of scattered around the bottom of the tree. But all parts of the tree have toxins. So the bark, the sap, the leaves, the fruit, the whole thing, just the entire thing. So basically what we've discovered is that you should just stay away from most members of the Spurge family. <laughs> Someone is like, this this tree is from the Spurge family. You should be, like, a little bit concerned. Take a few steps you know. back. Yeah, just, like, a little bit. Ask I feel if like it that's explodes. What, right? I feel like that, uh, you know, should be a question that you ask. You're like, oh, the Spurge family, you say, as you back away slowly. <laughs> um, even standing beneath the tree as shelter during a rainstorm is said to cause blisters and painful skin irritation. Oh my gosh, that's a good scary movie tactic, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is 
when something is well known for that, like that's kind of like terrifying. Like to think that you could be somewhere if you didn't know. Although most local people know. Um, it's also even known that like water runoff from the trees can damage the paint on cars. Wow. That's some tough well, paint. I guess it's good that they're so, not no joke. growing up in the streets. Yeah, it's no. This is not like a fun friendly tree. Um it is toxic also to most animals. I know we've talked about some other plants uh, in this series where, you know, like birds and things can eat it and it'll be fine. Pretty much the only well-known eater of the fruit is the black-spined iguana, who is known to both eat the fruits and live among its tree limbs and somehow manage to live a long and successful iguana life. What a beautiful monogamous relationship. <laughs> uh, the tree also exists in Florida, but eradication efforts and habitat loss have now put it on the endangered species list there. And a big part of this is kind of believed to be because of the inability of the seeds to really be passed through animals. So obviously they have other kind of like tactics, you know, there, there are many different tactics to get your seeds like out and about. Um, but with the inability to have animals carry your seeds and the fact that the seeds are in these you know, relatively heavy fruits. Typically, they grow like slow and far. Um, but with these efforts, they have not been. You know, it's not like you eradicate one tree here, but another tree pops up twenty miles away that you don't notice. If they successfully eliminate the trees in a small area um, and are able to pick up most of the fruits and stuff more than likely it won't reappear in that area on its own. Um, so do they just not have those iguanas in Florida? Or not enough? I, from what I can tell, they don't really. Um, or if there are those iguanas, there are not many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to be more native to, like, the Caribbean islands uh, and some, like, small places in South America, as far as I can tell. I didn't do a ton of research on the iguana, I'm not going to lie. Uh, in modern times, if you go to most of these places, like, if you go to the islands or whatever, a lot of places will have, like... A warning or something beneath the tree that's like don't stand here please <laughs> that's good yeah and even though we've seen these removal efforts in Florida especially in areas where there are a lot of the trees removing them can be a big issue because most ways of plant removal release that toxicity so their smoke is very toxic to breathe in or like exposed mm -hmm. to your body. It can cause blindness. Oh, um, no. 
if you cut them down, you're essentially releasing the toxic sap that's in them. That means that, like, um, people had to make all of these mistakes. Oh, yeah. Totally. 100%. Um, and even so, like, if there's no warning beneath them, a lot of people are still tempted to eat them. Like, they're a very appealing fruit. I actually have here this um, quote from this woman. She's a radiologist. Her name was Nicola Strickland. And she was visiting the island of Tobago and she saw this fruit out on the beach and she was like, oh my God, it looks so good. So she describes it as, I rashly took a bite from this fruit and found it pleasantly sweet. My friend also partook at my suggestion. Moments later, we noticed a strange peppery feeling in our mouths, which gradually progressed to a burning, tearing sensation and tightness of the throat. The symptoms worsened over a couple hours until we could barely swallow food because of the excruciating pain and the feeling of a huge obstructing pharyngeal lump. Sadly, the pain was exacerbated by most alcoholic beverages, although mildly appeased by pina coladas, but more so by milk alone. Over the next eight hours, our oral symptoms slowly began to subside, but our cervical lymph nodes became very tender and easily palpable. Recounting our experience to the locals elicited frank horror and incredulous, which such was the fruit's poisonous reputation. <laughs> so everybody there was like, why would you have eaten that? <laughs> they weren't used and, to a um, world where things grow to kill them. Yeah, and... You know, so it's not a pleasant experience. Uh, I know some of the things that we've talked about have been, like, relatively immediately killer. I would say that this plant is not necessarily an immediate killer, but it definitely causes severe pain and irritation. And if you were to eat a lot of it quickly, it could certainly result in that for you. And... So, kind of more of the beginning of when this was discovered was with the Spanish conquistadors. So, the Spanish dubbed this fruit La Manazilla de la Muerta, or the Little Apple of Death. I'm sure I said that wrong. I was always very bad at Spanish. <laughs> Just um, de la Muerta. That's but. <laughs> It was well known as being kind of like a killer fruit. And sap from the tree was actually used when the conquistadors were, you know, kind of invading or attacking these spaces to make poison darts and arrows in order to attack and get rid of, you know, these invaders. Probably the most infamous death of one of these uh, Spanish people being killed by this was the explorer Juan Ponce de Leon, who died after being shot with an arrow that had the poison sap of the tree um, while they were invading the Calusa people of Florida. And so, you know, they would take the sap from this tree, they would dip the tip of the arrows in it, and they'd shoot them 
at everyone. Oftentimes, it might not necessarily be the, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a killer blow for the, like, poison and burning of the sap to do a lot more damage than maybe the initial wound, you know, it would cause, like, infection or whatever, and that kind of seems to be what happened in this guy's case. He was shot with the arrow. He didn't die immediately. But because the sap was stuck in his wound, it just not only did he have this wound, but now it was like burning uh, from the inside, and that caused infection, which killed him relatively quickly. And after that point, it was kind of well known as like a very kind of like scary thing to be hit by these arrows because it was very likely that they contained the poison. And you know, they had other ways of using this tree as well against them, so they would take leaves from the trees and put them in the clean water supplies of the conquistadors in order to poison them and essentially strip them of their water supplies. Mm-hmm. And there are also reports of, like, if they were being, you know, attacked they would kind of like corral them or find a way to encourage them um, up against the trees, especially if it was raining or something like that, to burn and even blind them. See, I feel and like this is the kind of stuff. Really, yeah. This is the kind of stuff that makes explorers think that other people have magic. <laughs> well. You know, you gotta use what you got. Yeah, it's, and they were it's like, an amazing relationship. They were like, and we got this scary but dope tree. And mm-hmm. it's gonna get you. It's a great um, example of knowledge is power. Yeah, definitely. And so the other like really popular thing that they used to do with them was that they would take a captive um, and make sure that they had skin exposed and actually tie them to the tree and leave them there. So that it would burn and blister their skin. And that was like a popular like torture technique with captives. Hardcore. And even even though that was obviously like specifically kind of native people trying to conquer these people who were attempting to conquer them, there were other explorers who came to certain areas and were known to have tried to use the trees for other purposes like or just to go like gather supplies and end up gathering these strange fruits to like try to eat them especially because they looked like the descriptions of other fruits because you know you have to remember this is before a time where you get like exact pictures so if you read a description of maybe like a different kind of apple or something like that and it seem or like a pear or something you know and you see this fruit it might look sort of similar or edible to you um, and so there were cases of other explorers most notably um, James Cook who was a British explorer um, and they would send their crews to find supplies like timber for, you know, repairing and making things and fruit and stuff like that. And they would go and end up gathering these things and people would get sick 
people would end up being blind because they would like go to cut timber and then rub their eyes. Yeah. Not knowing that this tree was incredibly poisonous. So that definitely happened. Yeah. It's an interesting Thank aspect. Thank God for of... the signs, right? <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting aspect of natural selection. And like mother nature nature biting back. For sure, definitely. Uh, despite the fact that this wood though was well known as being poisonous and having difficult qualities, it was a highly sought after source of wood for furniture in colonial times. Go figure. Um, like the more people Caribbean died people for it, the, the better. Wood. Right? <laughs> um, Caribbean people used the wood for centuries to make some of the things that they needed. And this is primarily because once it's dried, it no longer retains all the same poisonous qualities. So usually what they would do is they would burn the base. They would just set the base on fire and let it burn through until it fell and then and during this time they would leave so they'd set it and leave and then they would come back days later when it was dry enough that they could haul it out and actually work with it Surprisingly enough, it was also used a little bit medicinally, so kind of similar to the way that the wood lost some of its, you know, properties once it was dried. Drying the fruit also seemed to relieve some of its poisonous qualities as well, so the fruits were sometimes used as a diuretic. In Jamaica, the tree gum, made kind of like from the sap and the bark, was used to treat venereal diseases and like edema. So, not all bad. I'm sure another case and of while like the tree, very careful dosing. I think more that when it's dried, it's like harmless enough that if it's irritating, it's irritating, it's just like mildly irritating. But it's also like the difficulty of obtaining the fruit while it still is what it is and not irritating yourself or going near the tree itself or any of those things. Kind of like the burning of it. Like, I'm sure you have to do it very carefully. Mm -hmm. You still got to touch it to set it on fire, you know? Yeah. Unless you're coming up for something clever. You know, the tree does seem pretty evil, that's fair, it's got an evil past, but one of its kind of primary positive things is for the environment because the plant has very stick, or thick and stable roots that help to prevent erosion, and like we talked about, it is the main habitat for those iguanas that can eat it. So, eliminating them does, in the end, hurt the iguanas. For and sure. completely removing them 
you know, does, can cause erosion in these very, like, loose, beachy areas where that can be a big issue. So in that way, the tree does have some uses, and that does kind of prevent some of these areas more so than a place like um, Florida, which is, you know, more inhabited, I would think. And that's kind of what prevents these places from just tearing them all down and eliminating them completely. They are really good for that. And they have been mentioned in literature and other things like that. So one of the kind of novel examples is that in Anthony Horowitz's novel Crocodile, Crocodile Tears, Ooh, I can't talk today, um, which is part of the Alex Ryder spy series, the tree is kind of mentioned as a part of this like garden of dangerous plants, but they imply that the tree causes instantaneous death. So in pretty much, I have this example, but I have a couple other examples too, and in pretty much all of these examples, the tree's powers are somewhat exaggerated, because like I said, the tree is definitely poisonous, but it's not necessarily like immediate death. Mm -hmm. So there's also an opera called the Africani, the Africane. I'm gonna call it the Africane. That seems right. Um, and it was in 1865, and the heroine of the opera Salka, she dies breathing in the tree's quote deadly perfumes like she goes to lay underneath of it and she breathes it in and she says something like very poetic and then she dies mm. there's another character who attempts to poison someone in the grant allen story the beckoning hand so it's more of a short story um in a collection but the character attempts to poison someone by basically chopping up the leaf of the tree and putting it into a cigarette in the hopes of poisoning the person who smokes it. And probably the most recent example that I found was in the Amazon TV series Homecoming. They actually use the plant as part of a mind-altering drug that they're kind of testing and giving to veterans to ward off symptoms of PTSD. I haven't actually watched this show, but that's what I gathered they were trying to do from hmm. the things that I read. So if I'm wrong about that, someone let me know. Well, that's what it, it doesn't like. seem like any of the other cases described do anything psychological, but... Yeah, that's kind of what I thought was, like, a little strange about it. But to be fair, it's only a part of mm -hmm. the drug. It's not, like purely made from this plant from what i can yeah. tell so it's the apple of death you know i'm sure that has some transformative qualities you know turns horses mad right i don't know mm -hmm. i would think that That's it was true. probably turning the horses mad because they were like my throat my, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> my face is on fire Poor horses. Animals like always got to be the test subject. 
Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you saw this cool iguana eating on one of the fruits, you'd be like, oh, okay, it's safe. And they're just like, ha ha ha, just for me. <laughs> they're lizards, so they just like stick there. They do that tongue thing and then they're like, fuck you. I don't know if iguanas <laughs> yeah. do that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> You're like, no, no, I've seen it. Well, what's your mini tip for the manchia tree? Manchin, manchineal tree. Manchia. So, <laughs> ugh, I'm running out of tips other than just like stay away from it in this particular case. <laughs> well, it could be a tip about learning about it. Um, I would say if you have an opportunity to, you should definitely look up the wood of this tree. It's actually pretty cool. There are some pretty neat colonial pieces. It's a very unique colored wood. It's almost like a yellowy brown. Um, certainly like everything, every other kind of wood, you can put a, a stain finish on it that changes the color, but it does have a pretty cool color. Um, so I would say look that up. And, you know, take, or if you go to a museum or something, you know, and you're looking at it, now you'll know, mm-hmm. you know, if they mention of- this tree, where it comes from. But it's always a great moment when you can does- show off and educate friends. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, it is a very, uh, I did see a couple pieces of furniture, I did like bother to look it up, and it, it is really pretty type of wood just you know painful to get yes. I guess potentially dangerous I don't know they must have what? found a way that's relatively effective I guess or they wouldn't do it but mm-hmm. who knows I don't trust people anymore I understand I've read enough about these dangerous plants to know <laughs> people don't do the right thing and what dangerous plant are we talking about in our next episode? So, in our next episode, we're going to, I don't know how I'm going to title it, but we're going to talk about some uh, common foods that you probably eat all the time and don't think about, but that are potentially dangerous. Part of dangerous families, if they're cooked the wrong way, they can be dangerous. Stuff like Da-da-da. that. <laughs> I'm going to compile it and think of a creative name for it because that's what I do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like our clever explanations after our titles. Well, I look forward to learning more about the things I eat on the everyday. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on our latest episode of Dangerous Plants, the Manchineal Tree, the Killer of Conquistadors. Thank you, Minnie, for teaching us so much today. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, talk to a friend about it. And we look forward to you joining us next week. Bye!